Legends once told of a podcast lost now in the sea of time. These ancient recordings spoke of games and the arcane art of HTML5. Today, Jeff Blair and Matt Hackett bring these words back to life. It is lost cast, and may your ears receive it. Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 79. I'm Matt Hackett. And I'm Jeff Blair. Yesterday was a really exciting day for us. Probably the biggest in LDG history. I'm pretty sure I've said that before, but it's like climbing stairs, this right? Time, and this time you really mean it. <laughs> I mean it this time. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, all of our you know future announcements will stand on the shoulders of past announcements. Um, we launched That's a Wizard's true. Lizard on Steam, long time in the making. Woo! I was talking to my wife about it earlier. Uh, our very first commit to that code repository was April 2013. So, and we didn't work on it the entire time. We took a break for some contracts and various other things. I would say, in earnest, we'd probably be working on the game about one year, right? Probably. Yeah. So, yesterday we launched on Steam, and it's already seen far and away more coverage and more gamers and players and buyers and all the wonderful things you want your game to have, and it's it's been really great. Yeah, it's been a pretty exciting launch. I think that um, it's been, you know, I, I would say a, a small to moderate success for us. I mean, it, it's a big success for us, um, but, you know, it's still, there's a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Uh, and also We're not going to go out retire to- and... Greg Love of Whippering, who did a lot of awesome work for us for making this a successful launch. Um, he's been handling the marketing and business development of A Wizard's Lizard. And if you're uh, if you're curious, I will put a link to Whippering in the show notes. Greg's awesome. We did an interview with him uh, on the podcast earlier. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll link to that as well. Um, speaking of Greg, actually, look at that segue, man. Aren't I owning these segues? <laughs> Smooth as silk, except for the fact that I like to talk about them and <laughs> I know, ruin it. <laughs> So, speaking of Greg, uh, you and Greg are giving a talk next week in San Francisco. Wow, that's coming up already. Can you believe it? That's like five days from now or something. Wow. Are you ready? So, we are giving a talk uh, on the business side of a game launch. And we're going to go over um, some of the promotional steps we took to get a Wizard's Lizard to market. uh, Some of the things that Greg did on his side with regards to marketing and PR. And some of the things that we did on our side, um, tech-wise, and just you know, as the game developers, uh, in order to try and promote our game as much as possible. Yep. So that'll be at Rackspace in San Francisco. Um, tickets are five bucks, um, and that includes um, some drinks and some food, I believe, at least drinks. Um, but all the information should be on the um, on the invite. I don't e-bike. think you're allowed to have uh, a talk in San Francisco without having beer and pizza. Yeah, that's probably true. So you guys, <laughs> you're, you're gonna get like, you're gonna get in trouble with the law. If you don't <laughs> at least have that. SFPD will shut us down. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, if you're in the area, come out and check us out and um, say hi or whatever. Uh, here's a good question: Will there be video? That is a good question. It's a great I, question. I'm full of awesome know. questions. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I have a camera with video capability and a tripod. Maybe I could just take it. your phone and like record a video. <laughs> just like put it on a chair. It's like Shaky the worst cam. video anyone's ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like the camera's pointed at your feet. Quality. <laughs> um, 
I don't think there will be video, which is kind of a shame, but this is the first time we're doing something like this, so it's largely an experiment. Yeah. And uh, depending on how it goes, you know, we might do it again or try and do it better or maybe we'll be laughed out of the room and, you know, we'll never, never try it again. That's what usually happens. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm preparing for. So that'll be a lot uh, of fun. But anyways, yeah, that should be fun. I'm uh, kind of jealous that I won't be there for that. I'm down here in LA and I'm not going to drive for eight hours just to watch you talk. <laughs> well, that hurts, Matt. I'll think about you talking. I'll make fun of you talking. Here's a good segue for you. What will you drive eight hours for, Matt? Man, look at you. I'm so proud. That's an excellent <laughs> segue. Uh, I will be driving eight hours next month to get up to California Extreme in Jeff's excellent segue. We probably podcasted about it before because we were there last year. And this was when it was Crypt Run, the forgettable name. Uh, yes. But it still did really well. It's uh, We were there along with our Kickstarter launch. And it's it's hard to say, but it felt like uh, we got a healthy bump just from being exposed to several hundred real gamers you know yeah there's a lot of benefits to california extreme i think one we had a little bit of promotional bump because we were doing it in conjunction with the kickstarter launch and so you know not only did we have a game to demo there but we had some kind of call to action right people couldn't buy the game obviously but you know if you like what you see go back us on kickstarter that's that's a great thing to have you know there's something actionable that people can do if they're interested in your product so i think that helped a lot it was actually monetized. Like that was one of our, uh, that was our very first demo. But it was also one of these times where we could be really noisy and try to get attention. And there was actually like a real tangible place to point people and be like, you know, if you want to support this project, you can go right here and you can give us anywhere from one dollar to your entire bank account. <laughs> and that's you can what's just kinda... uh, co-sign your checks over to us. Yeah, just auto deposit, please. <laughs> direct, direct deposit. <laughs> yeah so that's what's nice Uh, about kickstarter uh and that was like we felt ready for that demo but this time um we're also extremely ready we've got uh we can point people to wizardslizard.com and they can buy the game there through humble and paypal and all that and then um steam which is like the de facto desktop gamer place um that's ready as well we've got new banners to put on top of the monitors to um represent steam and stuff like that and uh, I think we'll try to do a pay-what-you-want promotion at uh, at the table. You know, I think that it would be helpful to have some kind of immediate capture. You know, not only is it yeah. is it cool to run that promotion and, and do a pay-what-you-want and have the leaderboard, but it's something that people can, you know, be sucked into right away. Yeah. You know, it's. I, I feel like you probably lose a lot of people that they might be interested in the game and they take a card, and they're like, oh, I should check this out on Steam. And between the time that they play the game and they leave California Extreme, they might have completely forgotten about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked maybe in a recent episode about how we're going to... I think the service is called Square. It lets you pay with your mobile device, and we're going to try to set that up. And um, that's the thing about in-person is, like, say somebody walks up, they play the game for a while, and they're like, hey, cool game. Uh, Like, can I buy it? Can I get it? How much is this? And we're like you know it's 15 bucks on sale for 10 and it's like let's say this is like a you know 10 year old kid this is pretty common at california extreme is like well i have you know four dollars to my name my allowance is a dollar a week or something you know (laughs) and we you know right there we have the power just to be like all right well give us two bucks for it you know yeah so that should be an interesting experiment um definitely got to run the leaderboard too to have a little bit of social pressure yeah 
so you can see what other people are paying and you know don't feel like a cheapskate if you only want to give 10 cents or something right yeah totally (laughs) although i fully expect there to be some person who's like here's a penny give me your game yeah i think we'll put a cap on it like a you know pay what you want but come on (laughs) give us at least a dollar yeah a dollar (laughs) like cover the transaction fees maybe right oh it's true i forgot about (laughs) it's like how do you how do you give square a percentage of a penny yeah they probably have a way of doing it but we're gonna take that penny right you make no money (laughs) um so i'll put a link to that in the show notes as well and sorry these events are both only in the northern california area um we'd love to branch out someday get to pax and other cons across america and maybe the globe someday but we're not we're not quite there yet yep well, it's, I think we're getting there, you know, as we have a stronger foothold uh, in making money <laughs> with totally, our games, yeah. uh, we'll be able to afford things like a PAX booth or part of a PAX booth or trips to PAX or whatever, you know, happens to be uh, other yeah. gaming cons like you're mentioning. A, a one by one section in a PAX booth. Right. <laughs> Enough for one <laughs> we're both person just to kind of like squeezed in there. <laughs> That'll you're be holding us. the monitor. I'm holding the keyboard so people can play. <laughs> I saw that, uh, I don't know if it was PAX or what, but there was another indie walking around PAX with like a, a laptop. I believe it was a she, um, just like strapped her, her stomach, chest area, and people could just walk up and, and play it. That's pretty smart. <laughs> it was very smart, like kind of brilliant, actually. Although You're a little a awkward, booth. you know, like kind of staring at this person while they play your game. <laughs> and it the does sound quite uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Quite. <laughs> well, imagine like... The, like <laughs> we had this kid at uh california stream last year who played the game for like four to six hours straight oh yeah and so I, I don't think that would work very well it's it's strapped to your chest and then someone's just staring at you for like four hours and you're like please i, like need I to have use the to restroom. <laughs> i'm so tired of looking at you so i think this year with california extreme we're going to be a little smarter about our booth manning yeah definitely booth personing yes i should say Last year, we both just were kind of there all the time, and we would take little incremental breaks, <clears throat> which really didn't work out that well, because by the end of the, the weekend, we were both really tired and cranky. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really have a lot of time to uh, play the games ourselves or just relax and eat and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This year, we'll, we'll take shifts so that, you know, Matt can have the entire afternoon off and go play games and eat and relax. Right. Or something. I'm looking forward to it. We actually know, we have a slight idea about what we're doing this time. Very slight, but still better than last year. <laughs> yes. That's our mantra of slight improvement every time. So that's on July 12th. Um, we probably mentioned it again, just uh, kind of like, hey, don't forget kind of things. But um, other than that, we'll talk about it um, after the fact. Indeed. So uh, yeah. back to the big news. Steam. Steam. So Steam launch is uh, is always interesting. I think that <laughs> one of one of my worst anxieties came true uh, on the morning of launch. Yep, we had been testing the game with beta testers and that kind of stuff, and uh, we pushed a version to Steam, and people with early access were playing it, and it was relatively stable. Um, but there actually turned out to be a pretty nasty bug near the end of the game. Uh, but it only happened when you were at like the second or third level of the crypt. So yeah, just a little bit of history on this one. We had this ticket um, for audit the speed run achievement, which used to just be fine. There were three dungeons basically. And we kind of 
winged it sort of we're like you know about five minutes per dungeon is pretty fast so why don't we just set that and we tested it and we're like yeah yeah we can accomplish that and then we tripled the amount of levels per dungeon and so the game is a little bit longer now um and so we needed to audit the speedrun achievement again so i was very diligently playing from start to finish usually with no cheats just trying to have kind of a vanilla run at it to see what other gamers would be experiencing and um <laughs> it also helped test the difficulty because like i would be like okay i cannot get out of the sewer this is ridiculous so i would kind of <laughs> you know tone it down a little nerf and i did the same thing what's that you'd nerf it as you go yeah i would just to kind of like it's been matt tested like i i can beat it i know there's gamers much much better than i am uh it's it's hard balancing is hard um, but anyway, I, I found a series of bugs um, as I was doing that, and they were really frustrating to find because I would get to like 17, 18 minutes on this run, and then the game would just freeze up between um, dungeons. So I'd be like, all right, I'm at Cemetery 2, and I beat it. All right, Cemetery 3, here I come, and then I'm going to beat Death. And then the game just crashes like between zones. And I was playing in this kind of node WebKit shell that just iframed um, my local gen server, and so I didn't have like a good debug path, you know, mm. uh, I kind of probably should have set that up, but I didn't even know what the problem was. Um, but after some testing, I think we figured out that there was this thing called the itemizer and basically you request an item from the itemizer and it's like, here you go. It's a, you know, Royal daggers or killer bees or fire totem or whatever. And that thing ran out of items near the end. And so it would just crash. But you added a um, fix where it'll basically just have like a bottomless pit of items. Yeah, I made some fixes that would prevent that. Um, and that was in a an updated version right. of the game that also included a bunch of other fixes. Yeah. And so we were kind of working on the game all weekend and, and adding these little teeny fixes. And they didn't really seem that big of changes. You know, they're mostly just like Very fixing critical bugs and like tweaking items here and there, that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, and so late on Sunday night, I pushed a new version to Steam. And mind you, launches Monday morning. So, right. you know, obviously red flag right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so then Monday morning, we woke up, you know, probably pretty early, around 8 or 9. And there was already people, uh, some of our beta testers were like, oh, the game is crashing, like, between Cemetery 1 and 2 and Cemetery 2 and 3. I mean, really early in the game. Sometimes even just leaving the town and going into the game, just black screen. Right. Like, pretty much nightmare situation. <laughs> yeah. Really terrible. So, this is pretty interesting, because, you know, we had, like, about two hours before launch, and we had a bunch of other stuff to do. And so, we were trying to track down this bug. We were, I remember we were hanging out, and we were, like, really stressed out. And uh, then we made the decision just to roll back to the previous version, because we knew that while it did have a pretty major issue, uh, it was near the end of the game. And so it was probably a better bet that most people wouldn't get to the end of the game so quickly. Well, plus um, it was so, like, you couldn't just incrementally work your way to the crypt. You couldn't be unlocking stuff. You had to play from the very beginning to find that bug. You had to go through right. this giant pool of items, and we just uh, thought that there was a very low chance of anyone actually being able to pull that off. So <laughs> being so new to the game, you know, that would be really impressive, but I don't think that happened. Well, it's kind of like a triage, right? Like... Yeah. You basically have a bug that will affect 100% of the players versus a bug that will affect like 5% of the players. Right. So, you know, we made the decision to roll back, which was kind of painful because there's other problematic areas. You know, there are other things that, that were fixed or tweaked, including well, some achievement data yeah. and things like that. A major one was, yeah, the achievement. We changed um, 
I hope this doesn't upset anybody, but we took away the achievement where <laughs> you beat the game without getting hit, which is <laughs> just, just, just ridiculous. Um, Mew in our forum actually did it back when it was like the previous version of the game that didn't have the levels and um, I think it was a little easier, but it's hard to say. Uh, it's definitely still hard. shorter. It's still <laughs> hard. Any version of the game is ridiculous. I, I couldn't even uh, get to the end without dying, you know, like, and, and there's, with a procedurally generated game, there's going to be some cheap damage once in a while and that's a much easier thing to take if you're like, you're going for the achievement where you don't die or something and you take some cheap right. damage, like unavoidable. You walk into a room and, you know, some crap happens and we're like, oh, sorry. Uh, basically, that ruins the achievement for you if you're going for the don't get hit and that sucks. It like basically just exposes the brittleness of our design and so we just kind of cut that one and replaced it with a much better achievement which is beat it without buying anything in the town shop which is great because we should have had that one anyway yeah yeah it's interesting because that um beat the game without taking a damage achievement turned the game into a one-shot kill game yeah <laughs> which was not i, I not remember when great. i was going uh diligently for um here i go i'm breaking the spelunky <sighs> in spelunky i the last achievement i got was the one where you you beat it without getting any gold and i kind of wish there was an option you could turn on where like gold explodes like you touch gold and you die, right? Because what would happen to me sometimes is I'd be playing it and then I would just notice I have 500 gold. I'd be like in the ice caves or something. And I was like, what? Like, when, when did that happen? Like, I don't, <laughs> I've been paying close attention, but apparently like, you know, an explosion happened and it shot a piece of gold at me or I just like, I was running and I didn't notice I picked it up or something. But like, I, at that point, I don't know. Maybe I picked it up in the mines. I have no idea. I just know that I've been wasting my time. Right. Anywho. Anyways, yeah, so long story short, um, <laughs> we rolled back the version launched, and launch went pretty well, and then we basically scrambled all morning to keep up with press and new player influxes and bug reports and things like that uh, while trying to fix this kind of show-stopping bug in the newer version. Um, and thanks to uh, a few of our forum members um, who really helped us debugging the issues, uh, we were able to get that fixed and get that pushed out kind of early to mid-afternoon. So that would be uh, SD, Rick, and Elite? Yep. Yeah, super helpful. Uh, super helpful, and uh, everybody's and been... cheers, Philip. Cheers, Philip. Big supporter. Like, it's it's just been really great. Um, yesterday, we were kind of just in this mad panic. We, I'd see some messages come in or some emails, and, like, just people cheering us on. We'd kind of just see it in our peripheral and be like, okay, cool, awesome. Like, <laughs> really appreciate that. We'll get back to you in a bit. I got to put this fire out, you know? Um, yeah it was a it was a pretty stressful morning um, but that was great but, to see and really appreciated yeah yeah the community support was amazing and so that that helps quite a bit i i think you know overall the launch went um pretty well um can't really talk too many specifics about the steam side of things in terms of numbers and stuff just yet yeah um, and some of it is under nda but one thing that i'm really pleased with is um when your game goes live on steam they give you a certain amount of time in the featured spots right and they guarantee you a certain amount of time there and after that there's no guarantee that you'll be there right um our game has been in the featured spots for about 10x longer than you get by default and that's so, probably because it's just converting pretty well like people it's see converting this little banner better and than average on it. yeah better than the average game so, I mean, Which, that's that's a really good sign. So, I mean, if yeah. you're wondering how we're doing on Steam, um, it's going pretty well. 
Uh, I think I mentioned earlier, we're not going to retire and buy jets, unfortunately, <laughs> but we uh, might we're be able to pay ourselves. Pleased. We might what? We might be able to pay ourselves. We, we, we might be able to pay ourselves, actually. That would be a start. I can actually contribute so, to rent for once. My <laughs> my goal for us really is to just finish up the year with not, without having to do contract work. Oh, man, that would be lovely. And from where we're sitting right now, it looks like that could be a possibility. I mean, we have a lot of work to do with promotion and, you know, the steam, the initial steam bump is going to drop off. I mean, that's how games work. There's yeah. usually a lot of interest in the beginning and then it kind of trails off. Sometimes indie games can kind of buck that trend and, and they'll grow more popular over time. It depends on if they get picked up by streamers and, and things like that. But, yeah, you know, it, it's going to... Basically, we're going to have to look at the numbers over the next week or two and see which direction they're trending, but things are looking um, pretty good so far. Yeah. Our, our time on the homepage, we're very aware of, is limited, and there's more games coming out every day, and uh, <laughs> we basically just want to capitalize on it as much as we can. Yep. So we saw and yesterday, uh, it was pretty exciting for us, we saw Northern Lion, who's um, like a mid to high tier streamer would would he call himself that probably i guess it's it's interesting i uh i don't know if he's just more influential on our little world than than i think he is or he's more influential i think he's more influential than than he actually is but he has a large number i mean he's pretty popular he has three hundred thousand subscribers but and his star streamers out there with like millions yeah like there's yogs cast which has like seven million but that's kind of a different thing um probably the biggest streamer just solo person playing games and talking about them on YouTube is um, Total Biscuit, or at least one of them. Um, and so Northern Lion had this talk. I, I think we've actually mentioned this on the show before. I'll put another link to it in the show notes. But um, that's what that's one of the things that turned us on to Northern Lion is he gives these talks like at GDC, and they're all about like what streamers are doing, how you can um, use them to help your game, and blah blah blah. And so um, we love that kind of stuff. And he kind of popped on our radar that way. Um, and yesterday, yeah, he published a Let's Play of A Wizard's Lizard, and um, he's turning it into a short series, he called it. Number two, episode number two went up just today. That's great to see. It's it's really interesting for us because we didn't really know that he was going to do a video. Yeah. Uh, we'd reached out to him, and we'd been kind of like trying to work the angles. We know some of the other streamers that he plays with, and so we were in contact with them. you know. And, and we kind of had known that he had likely seen our game. Yeah. But we hadn't ever actually heard him say anything about it or, you know, respond to us like, hey, I'm going to do a stream or a video, yeah. um, which is, you know, totally fine. But a lot of times we get people saying, you know, oh, great, I'll do a video next week or something. And it could just be that he has a lot of volume. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was very surprising because his first episode uh, of his series came out just about 20 to 30 minutes before we went live on Steam. <clears throat> right. And I wonder if he had planned that specifically or not, but it actually turned out to be, I think pretty good timing for us because yeah, you know, we're getting a lot of people seeing uh, a prominent YouTuber streaming the game right as it goes live on, on steam. Yeah. Uh, he also did a, a live stream. Um, Northern lion has a pretty new Twitch channel. Um, it was actually last weekend. I saw, uh, Northern lion and team meets streamed indie game, the movie and did live commentary. And that was pretty entertaining. I think that's really helped, um, Northern lions, Twitch stream gain popularity right away. Oh yeah. I mean, it may be new, but when I was watching him last night, he had like 3,500 concurrent viewers and like 7 million total channel views. So yeah, it may be new, but it's still 
kind of a powerhouse. Yeah, he's he's got really impressive numbers, um, and he's a crazy big Binding of Isaac fan. I think number video number eight forty. <laughs> he's he's done almost a thousand videos of Binding of Isaac, so uh, and, you know our game gets compared to it a lot, so it makes a lot of sense for him to at least check it out. That's that's really great to see, though. Yeah, I feel like you know we actually have a kind of a sweet spot right now because <clears throat> there's a lot of hype for Binding of Isaac Rebirth, and it's not out yet. And I think there's a lot of Isaac fatigue uh, with regards to streaming. So it could just be the I agree. right place, right time for our kind of a game. Yeah, I, um, y- you know, I've talked about this before. I really, I'm not a fan of the Isaac comparisons, but there's, I don't know if they're avoidable. Like gamers are just going to do it because there are a lot of like crazy similar- similarities um, for better or for worse. But uh, I was watching Lethal Frag play the other day and uh, he was streaming Isaac, which he also has played a lot of that game. And uh, I just kind of got the feeling, like, um, people were asking, like, are you going to play this all night kind of thing? You know? And he right. was kind of responding to them, and he's like, guys, I just play whatever I feel like, all right? <laughs> but I could kind of get this feeling, maybe I was just me projecting or something, but I kind of felt like people were like, ah, Binding of Isaac, like, I've seen so much of this, you know? Right, yeah. Um that said, I mean, there's this small window we're currently in because Rebirth is coming out, and when it does, I really feel like no one's going to care <laughs> about a Wizard's Lizard anymore. But we'll yeah, see. it's going to be interesting how that affects our, uh, you know, our sales. I think that on one hand, right, it could totally eclipse us, um, but on the other hand, it could, maybe not initially, but it could just bring more popularity to games of that genre, like it's possible. it'll do and our darker purpose, and of course, a Wizard's Lizard, perhaps. Yeah. I saw somebody, I don't know if it was on, I mean, geez, there's so many sources now where we're getting feedback. I don't know if it was on Steam or what, but somebody was like, um, oh, I'd much rather play as a lizard than a naked crying baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I've kind of always felt that way myself. Like, I think that Binding of Isaac did awesome stuff. Like, uh, it's a really original theme. And I think that that's one of the reasons it was a big success is because it's not just another hack and slash. It's not just some generic sci-fi. It's like this really original kind of weird religious gory strange universe and that's definitely one of the things that sets it apart but like to me that's kind of more of a novelty i just not really where i want to spend like a chunk of my life you know i want to live in a magical fantasy world with you know swords and magic and power and stuff yeah it's definitely um i'm not gonna say it's a gamble because people obviously responded really well to that um so it it was a really good decision but you know there are people who you know, really aren't into that kind of level of gore and stuff. Yeah. Man, you are horsey. And so for those people, yeah, I'm a little horsey today. Horse Blair. Man, I need to get that soundboard working. Every time you get horsey, I'll play this (laughs) soundboard and like a horse. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be doing some item uh, content updates, um, probably some small-ish updates uh, that include new items and maybe some tweaks and some bug fixes. And I really want to do some holiday stuff, but Steam actually rewards you uh, for doing major game updates. So I think that's definitely a avenue that we're going to want to pursue, not just because of the extra promotion, but because, you know, we've sunk a lot of time and, and money into this game and we really want to so try right. and... Yeah, like it's we, so right. We've and, talked and about this before. It's this fertile fertile <laughs> soil. You can hear the sound of my brain breaking. Uh, this fertile yes. soil we've been working on. It's so like we could so easily just add like 
more monsters, more weapons, more stuff. More dungeons, you know? yeah. Yeah. New combat so abilities. Yeah, I we think should. My, so I think, I think that we will. Yeah. Uh, what we mean by Steam Rewards You is this used to actually be going on with Apple and the iOS App Store, um, maybe Android too, but I guess they shut it down. Uh, but it used to be like basically the more updates you... <laughs> you post or uh, put on your game the better because there's a discovery channel for it you know like you launch your game and it's on like featured or it's on new releases or whatever and then it falls off that list and your discovery just disappears it's up to you again to drive traffic to your game right um an ios app store used to have this like recently updated section and that was just another discovery channel like people would watch it so you do an update and you see a small bump in sales or interest or whatever and steam has something similar there's like a recently updated page where you can go to and like, hey, here's some games that were updated. And so uh, we're incentivized. Like we do an update, we get on that page. So let's do it. Yep. So I think that's there's a lot of interesting candidates. I think we might bring back the arena that we cut during development. Um, I really want to do a whole Realm of the Dead only dungeon. Oh, man. Yeah. So bad. And that's another place where there's a lot of room for growth. Uh, there's really... Uh, expanding on the realm of the dead concept and and making it more than it is right now so our um items too we we had some comments that like it's a little bit weak because you you start to see some repeats and it's definitely improved from where it was in january but i still think that's a valid complaint um and you can look at like our sprite sheet of items and it looks like it's about half full you know like if it was this big square (laughs) like we're not done and there's it's so easy for us to add items so we're probably going to do a lot more of those Yep. And I think that, you know, right now we're just kind of at the point where we're ready to really start building and promoting the game because, you know, even when we launched in January, um, I feel like we launched a little too early. We weren't quite ready because there was a lot of like kind of quality of life things that, that we hadn't considered or yeah. we considered but just didn't have have had time for. Yeah. Um, and so the version that's now on Steam and Humble, I feel like is something that I actually want to point people to and push really heavily because, um, you know, I feel like it's a pretty good product. I wonder if launching in January overall helped us or hurt us more because I know there's got to be a little bit of like, say you are, you're a streamer or, you know, you write for a notable gaming outlet like joystick or something and say you checked it out in january and it just wasn't as strong of a game across many axes you know um and you played it and you you came away wanting and you were like nah screw it and then you see it bubble up again and you're like okay great the same crappy games on steam like forget that right like (laughs) there's got to be a small i don't know if it's small there's got to be a portion of that out there and we tried to alleviate that with our like we did a post of hey what's new and we walked through what we've been up to for the last four months or so. And we thought about kind of calling it, uh, and we did this a little just in the promotional material, but like a Wizard's Lizard Immortal Edition just to let you know that it's not the same game. There's more, more right. here. I think that yeah, it's hard to say whether or not it helped or hurt, but I think what is easy to say is that we probably would not have been greenlit as easily if we hadn't launched the game. Yeah, I've heard I know that for a time and fact, again. Go oh, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say I know for a fact that there's a few streamers that covered our game that would not have covered early access or unreleased games. Yeah, uh, Lethal Frag is one. I, I, it's funny if he had known that we were going to keep working on it. I mean, if we had known, even um, I wonder if he would have 
still covered it or not? Because he said that before, he doesn't like uh, early access, prefers to play finished games, which is, I think, totally reasonable. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know some games are in development for just years and years. Like, I mean, there's these crazy edge cases like Dwarf Fortress where, you know, it might not ever stop seeing development. Um, But I think that as far as like a game being worked on, it's just this little blip. You know, when you look at the large spectrum of time, you know, like even a game like Duke Nukem Forever or something, it took you know, over a decade to make, that's that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, now that game exists, and it will exist for eternity. Right. <laughs> so, like, I can understand only caring about that final version and not being like, ugh, you changed everything. Because we, we've changed a lot. Yeah, we have. I mean, it's fundamentally the same game, but there's a lot of different things going on in the game. There's, you know, environments have changed quite a bit. It's a bunch of new items. You know, in one sense, I kind of feel like it's mostly a content update. You know, like we didn't radically change the game. We just added more items. We balanced items. We added more dungeons and rooms, monsters and traps. Um, And so really, the flow of the game changed a little bit, you know, with regards to dungeon the dungeon. Yeah. But um, it's mostly just an extension of the content that's there. Yeah. And so, in that sense, you could almost think of it as, you know, it's kind of like DLC or an expansion pack or, or something. Um, it's actually a question we got asked um, when someone was asking about the future of the game. You know, they're like, oh, we love this game. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm just kind of curious what your future plans are. Are you going to do updates? Are they going to be free? Is it going to be DLC? Is it going to be paid? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of hard to say. You know, I think, like we just said, it's going to have some free updates that... Um, at the very least, we're going to try and fix as many bugs as we can right. and probably add as much small content um, as we can. You know, we might add a few new rooms, um, scenarios, things like that. We're probably adding a few different kinds of weapons and things like that. Just minor updates over the course of the game's lifetime. Yeah. Um, and then we really want to do some bigger updates that include larger dungeon areas and that it's probably still up in the air whether that'll be bundled as just a major game update for free or if it'll be DLC or something like that. And I don't know. It's hard. I think that part of me wants to say that it would be really great to just give it to everyone who's purchased the game. Right. Um, But I don't know if that's the best business. So (laughs) I saw a tweet uh, from Ian of uh, Magical Time Bean. Um, someone asked him if there was going to be DLC for Scapegoat 2. And uh, he said, well, if it if the game does well, it makes a lot of sense because um, we can capitalize on that audience we've gained, right? And if the game does bad, it makes a lot of sense because we'll need to double dip the audience, <laughs> the small audience we do have. <laughs> like, there's, <laughs> there's only reasons to do it. There's There's... Like the only reason to not have DLC is because you might upset some people who feel like they've already paid for the game and they don't like, ugh, there's all this extra crap. Like I, I'm a person who very rarely actually purchases DLC. I, I, I do sometimes. Like I bought, what was it Oblivion? I maybe bought one of the Skyrim ones, maybe a Borderlands thing. But anyway, like I, I get that argument. Um, but what we can guarantee is that we're definitely going to be doing some free updates. And then, yeah, whether we do a paid one or not is... We'll have to see. There's a lot of strong business reasons to do it. And I think that like even gamers who don't like paying more can appreciate the fact that we need to stay afloat 
Right. Hopefully, anyway. I wonder how we would structure that, though. You know, how do we... I guess it's just a new build of the game. Like a yeah, whole I don't even build. know how the code would work. I guess it is just a brand new build, in which case... Um, sounds easy enough, although I wouldn't want to do that until we had a very stable version, because I guess we'd have to branch, and I would hate to update stuff either in two places or do that awkward, like, rebase crap. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah. a very interesting quote, though, for Magical Time being a, <laughs> It's a very smart way to approach it. Yeah, he actually said it more eloquently than I did. Uh, I <laughs> would surprised. look for the tweet, but it sounds hard to find. But you're lazy. I am so lazy and busy. <laughs> so, and well, out. anyways, I think that um, it'll be exciting either way. You know, I, I think that the upshot of that whole conversation is that we want to update the game and we want to have some major updates. And it's in our best interest to do major updates. So, um, and... As long as the money continues to come in, we will continue to make the game better. That's the next thing I'm interested to see is I really want to know what's going to happen to our sales when the featured placement goes away, which, I mean, could be any time. We, we really have no idea. Oh, one thing I wanted to say about um, Steam and Humble, actually, is that to our sort of surprise, but it makes sense when you think about it, is that the Steam launch actually increased our Humble sales by a lot. Oh, so much. I mean, we were, you know, our our Humble sales had gotten to the point where they were pretty low. I mean, we were selling a couple units every day or every other day. You know, it was like really kind of just a trickle. Right. And then the day before the Steam launch and the day of the Steam launch, and maybe today I haven't actually checked, but they really just kind of tripled or actually not even tripled, like several orders of magnitude higher yeah. <laughs> sales per day. Um, around the Steam launch on Humble as well. So I thought that was really interesting. That was. And yeah, I don't know if it's in part by just the noise we were making or I think that when Northern Lion did his first episode, he pointed people to the Humble store because yeah. he knows that the developers make more money from the Humble widget, um, yeah. things like that. I think it's a combination. There are people who specifically send players there, like Northern Lion, because he knows it benefits us Um most and then there's probably also people who they'll always check out the game's website and the developer's website and stuff like i do that a lot i won't i very rarely just buy a game blind i usually kind of look around and make sure the company's not like some shady company that looks like they steal crap and stuff you know um i'll dig around and like i i've actually done this before if i see a game i want to buy i buy it through humble um because why not it comes with the steam key it's the same thing only now I have a guaranteed DRM-free copy and I know that more money went straight to the developer, which, you know, I'm sure Steam enjoys swimming in money, but the developer could probably use some food <laughs> money. <laughs> right. Right. No, I think that's a really good point. I, I kind of prefer to play my games on Steam just because of I like the social features and I like... like the tracking? I like the tracking... Played. And I like, um, you know, kind of being able to manage my library cross-platform very easily and cloud saving and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, but, surely you track all your time with Raptor too, right, Jeff? <laughs> When's the last time yeah, right. you had Raptor open? I, I used to. Never. I used to. I, I For a long time I did, but, you know, it just... Uh, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really offer me anything that I want, especially now that I'm almost exclusively a PC gamer. I haven't turned on my Xbox in... I, I can't even yeah. say how long. That's it's where I gathering thought. gathering dust. 
Yeah, where where Raptor really shined was uh, Xbox tracking. I thought that was really cool because at the time I was 100% Xbox gamer. I'd almost never game with anything else for a long period of time. It was all like Left 4 Dead and Skyrim and Oblivion and crap like that. Uh, but that was really cool because um, a lot of those games don't track your in-game time, so it was it was fun to see that. But yeah, with Steam doing it, uh, I could see how that might be redundant, at least on PC. Yeah, well, the other big benefit is the cross-platform nature. You know, you can yeah, yeah. you can look at Raptor and you can get all your stats across. I do like that know, as well. X- Xbox I do like and that. PC and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just. Uh, it's also kind of its own social network, which I don't really want or need. You? <laughs> right. You're yeah. like a social butterfly, man. You you love the social channels. I, I do. <laughs> you know me. Uh, no. You're like yes. social. Like to you, that's like that's, that's like saying uh, this application tracks your games and it also drinks your blood. Like no. You're like ooh. So yeah, that's the Steam launch. Uh, it went uh, pretty dang well. And we're going to hope that it continues to go pretty dang well. We'll do our best to keep it going pretty dang well, but we'll see. It's funny, actually. I saw you mention this morning your dailies. You know, I think yeah. that uh, as developers who have a game released, there's a certain amount of burden of support. Oh, And that burden of support has increased exponentially <laughs> over the last couple of days. So um, yeah. our inboxes are overflowing with mostly good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people on the forums, our forums and the Steam forums, who just have questions about the game. Yeah. Um, or they have problems with the game. Or just straight up complaints. Or just straight up complaints. You know, yeah. they fall into several categories. Some people are like, oh, how does this work? Some yeah. people are like, oh, this looks great. Should I buy it? Yeah. And other people are like, this is terrible because it's slow or something or this crashes my computer. Yeah. Those are the worst, really. Yeah. Um, because there's not much we can say. Like, this game runs really slowly on my computer. The, like, all we can really say is, like, I'm really sorry. Like, if you're upset, just contact us and, like, I don't know, we'll issue you a refund if you're really unhappy. Uh, like, we can yeah, try but- to optimize, and, and we will, and stuff. But, like, I don't know. If it's not even playable on your computer, we might not be able to make it better, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hardware-dependent and also just kind of system-dependent. Even people with decent hardware specs, there could be something going on yeah um i have a pretty moderate pc setup and the game runs really well so i know that the game is playable um on kind of moderate to low-end computers i mean the the pc i have is like a dell you know off the shelf kind of computer and it's at least five six years old almost probably right and the video card is nothing to write home about and it performs great on a wizard's lizard so yeah uh but that, that's kind of like one of the big things that keeps me up at night uh with the steam <laughs> launch and and just launching games in general is that you always run into these edge cases where you have people that are complaining that like oh this game runs terribly like it's awful it, like gets 30 frames a second and you're like i don't know why you have lots of ram and you have a decent sounding video card and i just there's just I'm way sorry. too many variables <laughs> with the hardware there's so much craziness going on like you know, people buying who knows what graphic card, who knows what motherboard, who knows what kind of RAM, like, are they overclocking it? There's all, all these variables that they could... Like, what drivers that, do they have? Are they what other date? software are they, are they running? Yeah, right, great. Yeah. Like, what specific version of Windows? There's there's way too much. Like, there's going to be problems, and basically, we just kind of want to <laughs> minimize them, right? Right. 
but yeah and so um aside from that there's also been a huge influx of people that want to cover the game oh yeah um and this has been something that i was a little surprised honestly i mean when we launched the game the first time there was some outreach inbound our way yeah asking to cover the game but nothing like this launch I think it's the Discovery Channels again. There's, I imagine, uh, a page on Steam or whatever where it's like, here's just the new stuff. It's like, these games launched today. Here you go. And the streamers, man, the YouTubers, I don't know what you call them, the video content creators, like we were just talking about, like Northern Lion, who, you know, puts videos up on YouTube every day, or Lethal Frag, who streams full-time five days a week. Like, it's their job, you know? And people find out about that, and they're like, wait, wait. You can play get, video me, games all day Let me get this straight. <laughs> <laughs> this is your job, and you make good money just playing games and, like, being social, like, being polite and courteous to people. And it's like, yeah, totally. So everybody wants to do that, right? And the barrier to entry is almost non-existent at this point. You need a computer. You need to be able to play games. Actually, you don't even need a computer. You just need to be able to play games, right? That could be on your playstation your xbox your wii u or your pc or your mac it doesn't even matter you just need to be able to play games and you need to be able to create a free youtube or twitch account like there's <laughs> there's no barrier to entry and so we've right. just seen so many people are like hey i'm starting and that's the vast majority of people that we have outreach are like hey i just started my channel and i have you know <laughs> one guy had one subscriber on youtube and, but we usually <laughs> see like you know i've got a 300 or i've got 5,000 or i've got you know 240 whatever it is they usually tend to be lower numbers but that's just what that's just what we've seen i think it speaks to i mean one how much traffic steam gets but two also that streamers and youtubers are blowing up like that's becoming really saturated so many people want to have their own um like distribution channels for video it is saturated but there's a lot of demand um yeah we were talking with greg and i'm sure that he'll mention this during our talk next week but one of the things that we were discussing with him was that a lot of the YouTubers that we reached out to or that reached out to us, you know, last year pre the original launch on Humble have now increased their subscriber base by a lot. I mean, yeah. in only about six to eight months, some of these guys or girls have a couple orders of magnitude more subscribers than they did when we first talked to them. Yeah. So Greg was saying that like, he'll have this contact and you know, I can't think of any names, but you know, Oh, there's this YouTuber and he or she has, you know, 500 followers and yeah, of course, like I gave him a key and we've got a relation, like a dialogue going or whatever. And then he's like, uh, you know, cause it's been four or five months or whatever. And, um, he'll be like, Oh, that remember that person, 20,000 viewers now. And it's like, Whoa, you know? And like right. we saw um, Green 9090 uh, used to do some um, like a series on a wizard's lizard. And uh, I think at the time, this was like January, February, uh, he had 15,000 YouTube subscribers, which last I checked is more like 30,000. So that, like he's doubled his audience in just like less than half a year. That's impressive. Yeah, that is really impressive. It's really interesting that there is such demand for these kinds of entertainers, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's really essentially what it is. These are, you know, kind of in the same vein as like stand-up comedians or <laughs> people that produce short content uh, for like web video series and stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's all about, you know, their personality. There, There's so many, like you can watch someone play a video game many ways, but uh, the real draw of these particular channels is the personalities that drive them. Yeah. 
It's really like you are a broadcaster. You you are an entertainer, you know? Like you're not just playing games. You're not just being social with your community. You're also an entertainer who's broadcasting and you're doing, if you think about it, you're doing the same thing as like HBO. Like they make television, you know? They make video content you can consume on a like a device. You're doing the same thing if you think about it. It's like Jon Stewart, you know? I mean, he gives you the news, but he does it in a really right. unique and entertaining way. And so right. that's kind of what streamers offer. You know, they, they give you game reviews, um, but they do it in a much more interesting way than usually if you just go read about it online or something. Did you see the news where um, Nintendo of America president Reggie said, uh, oh, I'm not gonna be able to find the article. I don't know the exact quote, but he was basically like, just streaming gameplay is not interesting. Like, he was basically saying uh, Nintendo's official stance is if you're just playing or you're just streaming or just making videos of yourself playing a game, nobody wants to watch that, right? (laughs) Which to me is just like, here's Nintendo's finger and here's the pulse (laughs) and they're on opposite sides of the room. Because I was like, (laughs) I I have been watching uh, speedruns for years on Speed Demos Archive and it's nothing but gameplay. There's no commentary. It's literally just the the game being streamed and the person behind the gamepad or the input is just going through it as fast as they can. And if you want some commentary, there's like text where they talk about strategies and stuff like that. But I really love that format, you know? And it's pretty clear that people are totally willing to just watch people play games with or without commentary, with or without the little, you know, camera pointed at you and you're a little avatar in the corner and you can actually see the person's face. Like... None of that stuff matters. All that matters is that your game is cool. Your game's fun to watch. There's pretty colors and actions happening and cool stories and stuff, you know? I, it seems obvious to me. Like, Nintendo's games are amazing. Like, I can just watch someone play Mario Kart 8, of course. It's an incredible game. Yeah. That's a really kind of weird stance for them It's to a little have. narrow-minded, I gotta say. Yeah, a little bit. But it's that said, Wii U does actually... Like, Nintendo has their own... Uh, place for streamers to go you can actually make a deal i think you have to actually uh i might be wrong but you can actually make a deal with nintendo where i think they share your streaming um revenue however that works that seems kind of like uh uh, what i what i've been going to guess is going to be a failed attempt to control the market yeah and it's not right i don't think it'll end well for them (laughs) yeah i mean on one end you've got twitch like let's, I, I I should do more research before I talk. That's what that's what we should call Lost Cast. <laughs> Uninformed opinions. Uninformed op- <laughs> by Matt and oh, Jeff. So sad. Episode seventy nine. <laughs> I should yeah really know what I'm talking about. But uh, from from their perspective, say you want to be a streamer, right? And um, let's just say that you're like a medium to high sized uh, <laughs> streamer, and you you're gonna be making a salary, right? And so you have subscribers. That's how you make your living on Twitch, right? And they can subscribe for, let's say, five bucks a month. Twitch obviously gets a cut of that, right? And Nintendo, from the outside perspective, like, I guess their vision of it is like, we don't get any piece of this. Obviously, they get a piece when the person bought the game. At least that's the hope. Um, So there's that. But they see it as just, you know, we think, we feel like we deserve a cut of that. And whether or not you agree with that is, you know, a whole conversation. But, like, I can at least understand where they're coming from. It's like it's the same kind of reason that HBO decided to have HBO Go, where you can watch all of our content instead of 
them giving up to like Netflix or Amazon or everybody, like, you know, however much they'd have to give up, like, oh crap, Game of Thrones is a huge hit, but we have to give 30% of our proceeds to Netflix, right? And right. HBO was like, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining they're like, well, screw that. Like we can do, we can make our own website called HBO Go and stream our own content. And that is only a 10% production cost. So, you know, that makes a lot more sense for us. So like, I get where they're coming from, but it can be frustrating from a consumer standpoint to have all these various places to go and have this kind of fractured experience and stuff. You know, I kind of wonder how that works with the streamers, right? Like, what if you just don't want to do exclusively Nintendo games? You yeah. know, do you have to have two separate channels or like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see how it ends up. I, I definitely agree with you. I can understand from a business perspective why they would want to control it. But I feel like the way that this ecosystem works is not conducive to that happening. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. I guess part of it might, too, be because Twitch has actually gotten to publishing. And that could make someone like Nintendo very nervous, right? Because right. they're a first-party software developer, and that's arguably the cream of their crop is their, like, their IPs. Like, oh, man, we make Mario, and we make Smash Brothers, stuff like that. Metroid, you know, Zelda. Uh, but maybe a bigger piece of their pie is the fact that they've got this hardware that they license to developers and they get a cut of every single like software sale from those developers, you know? And right. with Twitch being this monster, just like, <laughs> cause they launched three years ago at E3, almost exactly three years ago. And Twitch is already just this, like I'm a super boss, billions of dollars. <laughs> and Nintendo's like, Ugh. and they're publishing now too, man, screw those guys. Right. <laughs> I mean, we don't know, yeah. but speculating. It's definitely interesting. Um, you know, it's just kind of the nature of tech, right? Like things, new opportunities and new channels and ways to monetize arise and <clears throat> the best businesses are going to uh, adapt. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you've got the time, find us on iTunes, rate us, give us a review, Follow us on Twitter at Lost Decade Games and uh, tell a friend about our little podcast. See you next week. Ship it.
Are you ready?